0: welcome to the light reading podcast i'm phil harvey i'm an editor at light reading i'm joined by alan bresnick and by jeff baumgartner for those of you on audio we should probably have them say something I'm joined by Alan Bresnick. Hey, Phil. And Jeff Baumgartner. Hey. It's like we're professional podcasters and stuff. Um, So we're here live at uh, the SCTE show in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Just behind us, uh, or right around the corner from us, is the Innovation Theater where they're still having presentations on the SCTE show floor. So you'll hear a little bit of background noise, but we just wanted to prove we're actually live in the uh, show floor and not uh, at some dingy bar on Bourbon Street. Um, That's for later. (laughs) That's for later, (laughs) indeed. And we're also not at the uh, uh, Cable uh, Breakfast Series, but I do want to talk about the Cable Breakfast Series. I wanted to lead off with that. uh last things first uh today we talked about uh the uh the importance of 5g in the in the cable universe right and um i'll start with an observation and i'll let you guys sort of weigh in on where things are going but um there's a lot more optimism about 5g and helping cable than i ever expected there to be Um, when when 5g was first described to me it sounded like the wired broadband killer (laughs) and that's completely out the window now it seems like cable companies are making various plans to uh, augment what they're doing with 5g or to offer their own services that get them into new revenue areas entirely Um, is that about how you guys interpreted the day's proceedings
1: yeah i think so i think cable went through a big fear uh, period where they were really worried about 5g and then they suddenly woke up and said oh wait wait a minute there's things we can leverage here, there's things we can take advantage of it, and maybe it's maybe it's not going to be the, the next killer to us, and maybe yeah. there's things we can make money on instead.
0: Yeah,
2: and I think I think it's uh, been kind of viewed the title of the session today was friend or foe, and I think it, it's always been, well, it's both, right. but it seems like today, it's just like the balance is kind of tilted towards more of a friend than yeah. a foe, and I think part of that is also due to, uh, I think initially when some of these services started to get out in the market, 5G-based fixed wireless services. Um, everyone, there, there was kind of a knee-jerk reaction that, oh, this is going to really threaten, you know, the home broadband right. market for them as an alternative. And I think that there's still awareness of that, but, uh, yeah, the degree of that threat seems to tamp down by bit.
0: Yeah, in fact, Charter's even using uh, fixed wireless as part of its like, plan to strategically reach beyond its uh, HFC plant. Right. That was interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think they won't be the only ones. I think all the, all the operators, i short sure Comcast and Cox and the others are looking at how they can use fixed wireless to extend their plan, sort of fill in holes and fill mm-hmm. in gaps and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't become this, uh, this, this either-or thing. It's, it's sort of uh, yes and both. <laughs> right. Um,
2: uh, the other interesting point with uh, Greg Cowden, who was talking about that today, about how they're uh, looking at fixed wireless and the CBRS spectrum to uh, kind of extend the plant, uh, even though fixed wireless broadband is kind of a lead uh, application or service off of that. He was talking about, like, a triple play. Using it as a triple play. Right, essentially, yeah, Yeah, just kind of saying, hey, it's like we're going to offer similar services that we'd offer on our HFC wired plant that we're going to mm-hmm. offer on this uh, fixed wireless service and, uh, and kind of take it where maybe it's too costly to, to really extend that plant. Right. Uh, to not just make it a broadband
0: plan. Yeah, that, that does make sense with, with the, the, you know, a lot of the markets that Charter and some of these other cable companies reach into. There might be one or two big cities, but then there's maybe a much broader area with, with a, a lot fewer people, but there's still not really being serviced by the telcos right. you know so that's it, it, there's definitely some opportunity there
1: yeah that, that was the first time i would heard a cable operator talk about doing video over fixed uh, wireless yeah Have
2: you heard that before no i i was uh surprised the only the only time the only other time i've really heard that discussed is like from a t-mobile standpoint right, right. you know when they talking about layer 3 tv and then how they're going to use you know those assets but they were talking about saying hey yeah we're going to do broadband we're going to do video uh it seems like um, you know, Charter is looking at a similar game plan, at least uh, to, to reach some of these, these areas, maybe in rural, rural parts of the world where uh, you know, can extend the plan where it's
0: not. Right. Yeah, uh, so wireless and cable are kind of friendly now. Um, another part that uh, s- stuck out to me is that, um, it kind of in the same theme, is that I'm still not finding that cable broadband, you know, home broadband service has any real challenger on the horizon. You know, they keep upping the speeds. Uh, they're extending the life of uh, the HFC plant, you know, into the foreseeable future. <laughs> Maybe you guys could update us on, like, what's what's the latest, like, sort of effort to, to save cable, you know, a, a coax, you know, for as long as we possibly can.
1: Sure, well, Jeff had a story today about why doctors may never die, right? Why HFC yeah. may never die.
0: And yeah.
2: doctors, by extension, yeah. 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 Yeah, every time uh, it seems like we think, oh, this is going to be it, yeah. there's always some path ahead that they're going to look into. But right. uh, I think they were talking, you know, Doxys 4.0 gets you to 1.8 gigahertz, and then they're, they're looking at, already looking at 3 gigahertz, and right. then each time with Cox are saying, well, we're already taking a look at Cable Labs at 6 gigahertz. Right. Uh, hmm. I mean, there's going to be some challenges to do that, but but they think that the cables... You know, the physical cables to support services at that you know,
1: uh, lofty is there, area. Is six fine with the ceiling? Can they get them even beyond
2: six? I don't know. You watch. You know, five years from now, we'll have them and it'll be like. Well, 10 gigahertz. 20 gigahertz. is going to be fine, you know? Right. And it just, keeps,
0: just don't make me replace that coax going yeah, to right. people's homes. Yeah, you it's, know? Like, you know,
2: it's like, here's the, the headstone, and then right. oh, it's over here. And then the headstone keeps getting moved out further on the horizon for right. death. And, yeah. Uh, technology, but you know, right now I think the near-term uh, focus is on, you know, this show It's 10G, which in this case it's gigabits per second, and, and, you know, the industry's kind of looking at it from multiple access networks. It's not just right. HFC, they're looking at wireless, they're looking at fiber to the right. they yeah. just kind of packaging it all under you know, 10G, so, you know, they're trying to steal some 5G thunder. At least from uh, you know, mindshare standpoint, and what, what right. they can talk about.
1: Right, and you were talking to Michael Powell about that yesterday, right?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah so he was, because uh, he kind of teased the uh, the Ten G uh, naming right. uh, moniker last year. <laughs> kind of like, oh, maybe we'll call it Ten G, and then next thing you know, you know they called it Ten <laughs> G. later at CES, <laughs> there was a big, big announcement. A big, you know, hey, this is it. Right. You know, so it was just kind of a little <laughs> traveling, just kind of get it out there. and, uh, now it's like
0: the centerpiece yeah it's, int- it's instructive that they're uh, you know cable companies are, are eventually going to be so much more than just cable you know like mo- mo- moving uh, like 10G' is a great example it's an umbrella for all these access networks any any way that they can serve uh, customers uh, s- with a specific set of services that uh, you know or specific uh, uh, what do you call it speed and quality of service that, that becomes 10G. Sure. Well,
1: a bunch of cable companies are dropping cable from their name.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Organizations. yeah. 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 No, so it's, 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 uh, it's so even though cable lives on and we'll, and will continue, it will outlive all of us probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, it, the, the, the focus of these companies is to be service providers. Right. Full stop. You right. know, no, 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 uh, no tie, no tie to the access method. Um, at least in the near future. Right, they don't want to be
1: branded as cable anymore. Yeah, yeah. They want to be limited to the idea that they're just cable companies.
0: Right, and that that kind of ties into what we were talking about on the uh, first day of the show at the breakfast, the light reading breakfast, uh, virtualizing the network. Inside the network, deeper in the network, these companies are all starting to look very much the same. Um, The virtualization and moving certain network functions to the cloud is a common language that they're all speaking now. Um, Being able to install and run uh, services more efficiently and then to open up the self-service angle for customers to sort of pick and choose their own thing. Those are themes that I carried over from the show two weeks ago when we were talking about telco network virtualization. Those same themes came up again and again and again at the breakfast. Um, What were some of the things that you sort of took away from that that program
1: well it seems like they're finally making some progress i mean we yeah. had this program in atlanta last year and they all basically been well we haven't really done that much yet mm-hmm. but now, now they're actually saying that they that they are making progress that they're working together that they're developing business cases um it's still a lot of talk i don't i still not seeing a lot of actual yeah. stuff uh that they're that they're, that they're a tangible, tangible examples example. well
2: yeah, because um, you're right. A year ago, I was like, well, what's um, what's the business driver? Right. And I think right. now we're starting to hear what it is. And, and like, it, it's efficiency, it's, it's improving operations, and you know, how does that translate to uh, the business case somehow. Right. And uh, yeah, I know that, yeah, there's not a lot to point to yet. Um, but I did have a conversation with uh, people at Comcast. And you know, among like the larger MSOs, they're definitely uh, being as aggressive
0: as anybody with it yeah I think the big picture on this stuff too for telcos and cable is if they get to that point of being more operationally efficient if they're just companies that operate more efficiently all the way through then they're less susceptible to market changes and challenges and you know new services that get built by somebody else or come up you know from somewhere else and they're not ready for it or it takes them too long to innovate you know that sort of thing that's what's really stung these guys over the years you know
2: What's
1: your sense? Uh, we've always had the sense that cable is sort of behind the telcos in virtualizing. Do you think that's true, or is it still true? It
0: it, it is in the, I guess in the the in the rhetorical sense. Like there's a lot of little bitty telco things, like individual network functions that have been virtualized already and that are in use. You know, session border controllers and things like that. In the cable sense, there, you know, the the CMTS is such a, a is such a large organ in the body of the cable network. <laughs> That to be able to virtualize that, I think is way more challenging in some some degrees. And on the wireless side, they're kind of doing the same thing with the uh, 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 the network core, the mobile core. You yeah. know, so I, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily behind, you know, all the way around. I think there's just uh, they've just decided to tackle different parts of it at different times, but they all seem to be. Having that same trouble of seeing the big picture while they're in the throes of, you know, sp- spending money and that money not returning the the investment right away, um, I, I think somebody in each of those organizations needs to really bang the drum for, hey guys, <laughs> we're we're trying to build, you know, remake our networks so that they react to things more quickly. Uh, that's that's really what's been killing these guys in the market, it, you know, from. Uh, web scale competitors.
1: Well, that's what Jeff Finkelstein said at our breakfast yesterday. You know, yeah, budgets be damned. The mon- yeah, monetizing be damned. We're just gonna, we just need to do this because.
0: Yeah, a good thing to do. when he says those visionary type things, I think it, it, I think it rattled a couple of people in the audience. You know, because <laughs> they want they want us, they want the industry to stop talking about these things that seem pie in the sky and get me to things that make money. Right. And the answer is, well, there's there, you, you have to talk about both at the same time. You know, you do have to talk about like with. CBRS and things that are right around the corner that could augment the cable service portfolio and turn into revenue really quickly and then on the other side you've got this longer term virtualization making the whole company more efficient and more cloud based and that sort of thing that's way out there but you still gotta you you always have to have an eye on that stuff Um, these companies are vision of the
1: future
2: some of this this is very I mean this is very new to this group. Because yeah, they, They've kind of built up, you know, boxes 3.1 is still getting deployed. That'll have legs. That gets them to a gigabit and beyond for a while. Right. Um, and, and really, it's not like they have like a huge uh, time crunch to get to 4.0. I mean, they have time to figure that out. Right. Um, and also the virtualization piece, but, you know, going back to Comcast, what they were telling me is they had a lot of learnings from that model. with the deployment of X1, mm-hmm. and you know, they, they tripped and skinned their knees a few times you know, right. figuring out how that works and you know, the way that they develop that product can also be applied to um, the the models and the infrastructure and, uh, and the way that a virtual CMTS is going to work, um, and maybe that's why they're also uh, a little bit further down the path, you know, just based on experience and you know, where they are
0: okay well, let's do some complaining before we go yeah. um so before we wrap up uh so uh what's the thing that uh that that's that's uh beat you down the most uh, over the week uh it was it bad coffee hot weather fiber cut <laughs> that killed the wi-fi uh outside the new orleans convention center uh or, or are there things that i'm missing <laughs> i go with the weather weather yeah it's it's been a hot one here it's been over 90 degrees since we set foot in the city it's it's Awful. <laughs> yeah, I had, like
2: my good morning sauna. I'm yeah, to, that's right. Uh, out of here. and Walking uh, in the sunshine. Yeah, and you know, the, 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 we're only still got another night to go, so my like, my answer may change and we have this conversation. Something else will probably beat me down. Right, tomorrow afternoon.
0: So. Right, yeah, yes, yeah. it's a, it's a new thing every day. Okay, well for me it's <laughs> still it's still it, perpetually it always is the convention coffee. I don't know. I don't know why boiling coffee seems like a good idea. <laughs> That's just what keeps happening.
2: You and Ray are like human spirits.
0: Yeah, it, I think he's a little more fussy than I am, but I, I just You're getting there? I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm starting to appreciate his, uh, his, his very uh, 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 some of his zeal and anger for good coffee.
1: <laughs> and how are you with the convention food?
0: Uh, The convention food is kind of a miss for me, and I've I've actually found a diner nearby. Um, So the New Orleans food in general has been phenomenal. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just a few blocks from here, there's all kinds of places to eat, but you have to make the time to get away from the thing. And like you said, endure a couple of uh, minutes in the sauna, and that's, you know... Uh, there's a reason I always look like I'm soaking wet. I've been, I've been outside and then come back. Yeah. Bill's had
2: lunch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <spending. laughs>
0: exactly. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up here from New Orleans uh, at SCTE on the show floor. Again, thanks, uh, Jeff Baumgartner. Thanks, Alan Bresnick. And to you out there with the headphones on, thanks for letting us invade your personal space. We'll talk to you later.